Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, I want to do a scientific survey. And I want to ask this question, and hopefully you'll be honest with me because uh, the data is very important. How many of you have ever been tempted? Okay. Now, those of you that didn't raise your hand, I see a few of you over here. Uh, you were just tempted to live in falsehood. I asked this question of somebody recently. I said, do you struggle with temptation? They said, never. I said, really? They said, yeah, I just give into it. <laughs> Anytime it comes, I just say, sure, it's great. Anytime the devil knocks on my door and says, can I come out and play? I, I get ready. I go outside and just whatever happens, happens. But you know, temptation comes in many, many forms. It was a few years ago that Discipleship Journal did a survey and asked Christians what were their top temptations. And I'm sure you want to know and see if any of these fit you. Uh, number one, they said materialism. Just into stuff. I've got to have things. I, I find myself being envious and jealous of other people who have more or better or other than I do. Pride. Self-centeredness, I think those could kind of be interchangeable. Uh, laziness, it was also uh, explained as procrastination or excuse. Or one of the things that I fight as a temptation, let other people do things, not me, right? And the last one was a tie, anger, bitterness, and sexual lust. These are the top, top five, and I'm sure, uh, by the way, don't raise your hand for which one is yours. Um, I was going to have you raise your neighbor's hand for them. Let's go to, to James chapter 1, uh, verse 13 to 17. I'll read this portion, and then I'll have you read some verses with me later, if you would. Uh, when tempted, no one should say that God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be, what? Deceived, my brothers and my sisters, but every good and perfect gift comes from where? Yeah, yeah, comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So the first thing, if you have your notes and get them out, you write this down with me if you would. Don't be surprised by temptation. And all of you are going to say, okay, I've got, I've got that. But notice what he says in James 1.13. He says, when tempted, not if, not maybe, but when you are tempted, no one should say that God is tempting me. Now, according to the most recent scientific survey that we just did here, all of you said, yeah, I've, I've been tempted before. And interesting thing about temptation is your temptation won't be my temptation, and mine won't be yours. Some of your temptations, you go, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And for other people in this room, it'd be like, really? That's a piece of cake. But it's like the enemy knows where to get us, but he also tells us, James does, now, we're not to be surprised by this because everyone, if you write it down, is tempted. It's universal. If you meet someone who really is not being tempted, check their pulse because they're probably dead. 
Now, we had uh, two funerals, one that was here and then one uh, I attended at the uh, mortuary yesterday. And right at the center table was a really cool box. And everyone knew that inside that box was the ashes of the person that had passed away. And as I sat there thinking about this message, I go, you know, there's not one speck of ash in that box that's being tempted right now. And the gentleman who passed away, his, 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 his name was Richard, and, and he's with the Lord. Brand new body, and there's no temptation. By the way, you know there's two things you can't do in heaven? You can't win anyone to Christ, and you can't sin. Good news. So uh, someday, we're not going to sin. We're just going to give God glory. Is that good? I hope you like that. Uh, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven when they die. Of course, nobody wants to die. We just want to go to heaven when we die. And, and, and I, I told somebody the other day, I said, why do you want to go to heaven when you die? Well, because I don't want to go to the other place. And I said, you know what heaven is? It's the uninterrupted presence of God. You don't want anything to do with God now. Why would you want to go somewhere where you're going to spend all eternity with him? And they kind of looked puzzled at me, and they said, I better do something about that. I said, yes. Yeah. So I shared with them about the gospel. Come on. That's one thing you can't do when you get to heaven. You can't share the gospel, and you can't sin. But here's something that we know. It's not a sin to be tempted. So if something comes at you like, oh, 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 oh and you renounce it or you run away from it, uh, that's not a sin. Remember, we talked about tests recently, and we said this. When tests come, we should rejoice because of what they produce in us. We become complete. We're given the gift of perseverance through our tests. But when tempting comes, we should run for our, our lives. Yeah, not just our physical lives, but our spiritual lives. Temptation is very personal. Personal. Now, I wanted to put this in your notes and also on the screen. Your temptations will be tailor-made for your weaknesses. Yeah. Again, your temptation will be different than mine. And they're tailor-made to our weaknesses. I think you should circle that word tailor-made because they really are. Yeah, the devil knows what you will fall for. He knows what you will fall for. The second thing is, and James helps us like no one else in the scriptures, he's writing this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is not just something he's saying, this is something God's giving him to say so that he can write it down so today we can look at it. This is a gift to us, that we are to be aware of the source of temptation. In James 1, 13 and 15, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone for each person is tempted, and let's read this part together, can we? When they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed, then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to, to death. So James understands that it would be easy to blame God when we're tempted. Remember Adam and Eve? Adam blames God. Yeah, he does. He said, uh, Adam, first of all, where are you? Like God didn't know where he was, right? Adam's like a little kid hiding under a table with his rear end stuck out. You can't find me. You can't find me. And there he is, covering up himself with a fig leaf. Yeah, like I couldn't see you. And he says to Adam, what are you doing? And he says, oh, 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 it's the woman. 
that you gave me. It's your fault she's here. It's your fault that she's the way she is. It's your fault that she tempted me. And when the woman got asked what she did, she said it was the serpent's fault. Now you all know this. We have been blaming people since the first two human beings were on the planet. We've been deflecting the responsibility of sin everywhere else but except here. And I just got to tell you this. James tells us that we are, get ready for this, the source. He said we're drawn away by our own, what's it say in that verse? Desire. Our desires draw us away. See, see, God's not the author of temptation, nor does he have any capacity in his holy nature that would make him vulnerable to evil. Now, we want to blame the devil. Now, if you're old, I mean, you've got to be pretty old to remember somebody named Flip Wilson. The devil, what? The devil made me do it. You know, he'd do these little comedy routines, and he'd, he'd you know, cause some mischief. The devil made me do it. I, I mean... We hear this today. It was my, my, my classmate. It's peer pressure. It's media pressure. It's culture. It's, it's the government. It's the, and everybody wants to do this. But James, James says, listen, I'm going to tell you how your faith works. It's about you. It's about your heart. Let me give you a couple of verses. Proverbs 4.23. Guard your, let's read it, heart above all Yeah, but, but, but wait a minute, Solomon. I know you're a wise person, but can I blame somebody else for the course of my life? I mean, it's everybody else's fault. God, it's the woman you gave me. Huh? Oh, wait, men, never say that. Doesn't work for you, okay? Guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your heart. And notice what, what Solomon says. It's okay to say, God, would you help me guard my heart? But you can't put all the onus for guarding your heart on God. The book of Philippians, Paul tells us that Jesus is like a guard at our heart. But we have to put him there. We have to leave him there. We have to become the filter and allow the Holy Spirit to be the filter with us of what goes into our hearts. Jesus spoke about your heart. In Luke 6.45, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say comes from your heart. Good deeds, evil deeds, this is the source. And then in Mark 7.21, um, out of the heart comes evil thoughts and vulgar deeds and stealing and murder, unfaithfulness and marriage, greed, meanness, deceit, indecency, envy. Boy, the list goes on, doesn't it? Insults, pride, and foolishness. And all of these come from the devil, the government, the media, the movies we watch, pornography. Come on. All these, no, it comes from your heart. Whatever comes in is coming out. Remember that old, old statement, garbage in, garbage out? It's still true. Whatever garbage goes in here is going to come out eventually. It could be in our attitudes. It could be in the feelings that we have towards other people. It could be in our logic and our reasoning, whatever it might be. But James 1.14 says each person is tempted when they're dragged away. 
dragged away by their own evil desire. Don't you want to just like say, yikes? It's our desire. And the third thing is that temptation is not an event, but a process. And I'm so grateful to the Holy Spirit for having this book of James for us. It's a process of sin. It's kind of like the anatomy of sin. First, it begins with desire. Let's write that down. It begins with desire. It starts here. This is the beginning of the process, and it goes downward. That's all it does. Somebody says, I, I've been drawn away. Yeah, you're drawn away because there's a magnet inside of you. Oh, no. Is there a better way out of this? Our desires are extremely powerful. What are we, what are we supposed to do? You know, Jesus told us to pray. I, I don't know about you, um, but, but every once in a while when I get like um, overworked and overstressed, I, I tend to want to overeat. Anybody? You wouldn't understand. Nobody in here. When I say, and I, I got to tell you, I've been trying lately to, to pray. Now, I usually pray, you know, Lord, bless this meal, and I just go for it. But now I've been trying to pray, Lord, would you help me in this to get a smaller plate and be more sensible? I, I, just, I, I just ask you this. The last time you sinned, whether it was gossip, lying, cheating, lusting, or you did something really bad that you, we wouldn't put on the screen... I promise we'll never put it on a screen. You're safe here. But could you imagine if we would stop in the process of sin? He says we're drawn away. to stop, Lord, deliver me from evil. Huh? Lead me not in temptation, deliver me from evil. Yours is the kingdom. Come on. That's how we were taught to pray. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, I ask you to help me by the power of the Holy Spirit not to do this dumb thing I'm about to do. Or you call a friend up and you say, would you pray with me? You know, uh, I, I wanted to eat something the other night, middle of the night. I just walked around the house 40 times. <laughs> I felt better. I went back to bed, drank a glass of water, you know. But what do you do when temptation comes? Well, if you're not careful, secondly, it leads to deception. We don't think clearly when we want something so bad. When we're eager to tell that juicy, gossipy story, or we're eager to, 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 to tell that lie to cover up something, or, or we're eager to... I know you would never do this, but, but I, I know of a story, um, and it's one of the benefits of being here so long, I could say, some time ago, this happened, and it did, true story. Somebody was working, they felt they should be paid more, the employer would not give them a raise, so they started stealing from the company. They, in their mind, when they were questioned by law enforcement, said these words, they owed me more. And they had justified stealing, thou shalt not steal. They justified stealing because they weren't paid enough. Now, here's what I would have said had they come to me. I said, look, 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 why did you go back to school and better yourself? Why don't you get a certification uh, in something else and, and go do a, a, another job? Nope, they, were just, they did their job. They couldn't get a raise. They popped out. There was no more money for them. They started stealing. And they justified it. Now, could you imagine in that moment of not feeling like they had enough or feeling jealous of those who did get a raise or feeling jealous of other people's income, if they would have stopped and said, Lord, would you help me in this process and sought out some Christian, it was a guy, and sought out some Christian brothers and said, guys, would you walk through this with me? Can I, can, can I not be drawn away by my own desire? 
Now, you might say, I would never, I would never steal from the company. But here, here, here's my question. Could you be deceived? Could you have such a longing or a desire in your heart for something that you could be easily duped or deceived? James 1.16 says, don't you dare be deceived. Don't you dare be deceived. James 1.14 says, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and, and enticed. The word enticed um, in the Greek has to do with fishing. Has to do with luring. Notice the word lure. Luring a fish away from a nice cozy spot in the creek or in the lake. How many of you are fishermen here? You go fishing? Anybody? Freshwater? Salt water? Okay. Uh, no water? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've got a couple pictures here. Um, th- this is this is the lure. We all have seen them. Um, I've got some of these in my tackle box. They are the fakest looking things ever. And some of them have little rattles inside of them, you know. There's some worms for bass. And then we've got this great, uh, I had to write it down. It's called a jawbone hard shrimp lure for salt water. And if you work it just right, the, the bill will take that, that thing and move it around. And boy, they, they're, there's fishermen that are just good. They know how to work it. But can I tell you something about this? Are you ready for this? I know it's fresh revelation. That's fake, as most temptations are, right? Look at the hooks. Look at those hooks. Would you go back to the first one on the list, please? Yeah. Look at those barbed hooks. And this fish is just kind of chilling, hanging out, and all of a sudden, something instinctively inside the fish says, I need to protect my territory, or I need to eat that, or I need to check that out. There's some desire inside the fish. And this is what James is saying. There's something that lures us away from the spot that we are in, or spiritually, it lures us away from the purposes of God. We are enticed by sin in part because during the process, we do not perceive the consequences. Think about somebody who has spiritually crashed and burned. I've seen a lot in my days of ministry. And I think if we interviewed all of them on this platform today, they would all probably say, I didn't recognize that first step where it would take me. See, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay, and it will keep you longer than you want to stay. Somebody says, I'm just going to, like the person stealing from his employer, his initial thought was, I'll just do it for one time. He did it again, he did it again, and a couple hundred thousand dollars later, huh. yeah. See, the consequences of sin are real, but we are blinded by them by the strength of our desire. I need that, I want that, I deserve that. Wow, she looks good, wow, he's hot, Yeah. I saw a movie a long uh, time ago with my wife, and I was in the theater, and I listened to all the women, a couple hot guys on the screen. Even I could say that. They're handsome men. It's okay. I'm as straight as an arrow. They're handsome men. And I listened to the gasp of the women. <gasps> Ooh, ah, hey, oh, ah. And I felt bad for their boyfriends and husbands sitting next to them, you know. All their cell phones went away completely, and they were like, 
popcorn flying everywhere, red vine licorice going, you know. The temperature in the room was rising. I thought, oh, Lord, help us. Yeah, yeah. The consequences of sin are real, but we are all blinded by them, by the strength of our desire inside of us. Third of all, it results in disobedience, this pathway. And fourth of all, it ends in death. Paul tells us in Romans 6, 23, we all know this, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. See, Jesus is all about giving us life and life more abundant. John 10, 10, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is what James wants us to understand because death is the result. In verse 15, he says, then after desire has conceived. Isn't that an interesting word? We, we all were there in the, the, the health class, right? We know about conception. And there's something, a, a commingling. Or, or, or align with our desires and sin itself and saying, this is okay, this is the, the process. It gives birth to sin, and when sin starts to walk and become a toddler and grow up, it ends up in death. Uh, pastor and author Charles Swindoll says, this is not the death of our body, and it isn't even the death of our salvation because of God's mercy and grace, but there is a death to the voice of God. We start not hearing him like we did before. We start ignoring that voice. We, we stop being like, like Scott told us last week. This is a masterful job telling us that we're to listen to the word and do it. I said, thanks a lot, Scott. I had to hear him three times. I said, wow, what conviction, you know? We hear the word and we have to do it. It has to impact our lives and change us from the inside out. And even though sin sometimes brings a temporary period of pleasure, it always ends in something dying in us. Some of the anointing of God is pulled back. Some of the benefits and blessings of God are pulled back. Now, some of you may wonder why this morning we have ducks on the platform. They're pretty cool, actually. I mean, I, I, I kind of like them. Let's see, I got one back here. I ended up getting six ducks like this. Look at how nice they are. For 39 bucks. They got little weights on the bottom. You put them in the water and they just kind of go like this. And, and then when you're done, there's a little spot for your, for your line. You hook them on yourself and you go to the next duck blind, it's called. Notice it's called a duck blind because they're trying to keep the ducks in the blind. And so this is you now. Let's just pretend this is you. I'm not insinuating anyone's here a duck unless you like the Oregon Ducks. My grandson is his favorite college team. So, okay, here, here you are. You're just doing your thing, you know, living your life. And all of a sudden you go, wow, check this out. They've got straw and warmth and, and everything. And, and you're just like living your life. And, and, all, and, and all of a sudden you, you start... <coughs> By the way, that, that's a mating call. <laughs> Got to find a duck. <laughs> Woo! And there, there's mama duck, right? Well, actually, this is, um, she's, she's a single duck. And, and he's got thoughts.
He's possessing a desire inside. And he's being, read the passage, drawn away and enticed. Woo! Woo! And what happens? Oh, no, that happens. There he is. Got the same guy to duck. He's more well-practiced with duck calls than I am. This dude could have went down. These guys, any of them could have went down for $8.99 a pound and bought some duck. But they bought camouflage gear, shotguns, duck calls. They spent thirty grand on equipment. Look at him in there. Huh? And look at the last one. They are spot on. I was reading the article about these guys. They're uh, professional duck hunters. They love doing it. They know how to, how to make this. They know how to do it. I'm just learning. Folks, don't be a duck. All right, let us pray. No, 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 no. no. James, James says, we're drawn away. There's something inside of us. It's a desire in our heart for something other than what God has for us. We ignore his voice. Are we saying today, we'll, we'll go where you want us to go, Lord. We'll do what you want us to do. And sometimes our desires get the best of us. We withhold from God. We withhold from others. We we embrace something that we think is going to give us joy and, and, and pleasure. And in the end, according to what James says, it, it, be, it, becomes, it becomes death. Something is lost. Something dies. And I just would wonder, don't raise your hand, how many of us wish we could go back and fix some things? that We crossed some lines. We said some things. We did some stuff. You know, Swindoll said it so gratefully. He said that, that when we sin, something dies in us, but because of the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, it's not the end of us. There's redemption, and though sometimes we want to live with regret, there's no power in living with regret, really a good power anyway. It's a waste of energy. We need to stop and move forward. David, after he sins with Bathsheba in Psalm 51, 12, says, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. You know what happened for David? His joy died. You know, we know the story. He you know, commits adultery with her, and there's this kid that's born, and he has her husband killed. It takes you farther than you want to go. It costs you more than you want to stay, uh, pay. It'll, it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And he says, restore to me the joy of something and grant me a willing spirit. In other words, where my desires would be about you. I want to serve you, God. I want my life to be about you. And that's why James, I think, number four tells us, don't be deceived by temptation. Don't be deceived. Run for your lives. And he really does a masterful job concluding this section when he says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above. In other words, you won't find it in the duck blind. You'll find death there. You won't find it in the evil desires of your heart, or as King James says, evil concupiscence. There's a word. You won't find it in chasing after things that people believe really give joy to life and meaning to life. 
Every good and perfect gift is from above. In other words, we should listen to the call of God, not the, not, not the fake call of the ducks. We should listen to the call of God. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. Isn't that great? See, what James just got through saying is that when we hang out with sin, we date it and then we kind of sleep with it, it ends up giving birth to death. But he goes on to say, when we serve God and live for God and follow after God, he gives us birth to life. And we become a first fruits of all that he's created. Whatever you do, don't let your guard down because the, the enemy's working hard these days like a roaring lion looking for anybody he can eat for lunch. I don't want to be his lunch meal. But, but rather, I want for me and for you, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, to be a part of our life, that no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. You're not the only one. You got it? We're all going through stuff. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. And so here's the prayer. Lord, Lord, get me out of this. I want to leave my coat and run. I, I want to be your person. I want to be your man. I want to be your woman. I want to follow after you. I want to raise my family in the ways of the Lord. In temptation, God is faithful and will make a way of escape for me. And so God, that's where I want to go. Because before I know it, if I start giving into my desires, well, just ask a duck who's on someone's barbecue, someone's grill, someone's fry pan. Was it worth it? And I think if all these ducks could speak, they would say to us, at the last moment, I figured it out. And then I saw the blast. And then I was doomed. I was gone. Hey, let me just tell you from, from, from a fellow duck, we need to, when we start drifting away, we need to stop drifting and run to the presence of God. We'd ask God to, to help us do the work of guarding our heart. And when temptation comes, we need to say, God, where's that escape? Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.